But, but, said Puzzle, wouldn't it be better if you went in? Because, you see, it's you who wants to know what it is, and I don't much, and, and you've got hands, you see. You're as good as a man or a dwarf when it comes to catching hold of things. I've only got hooves. Really, Puzzle, said Shift. I didn't think you'd ever say a thing like that. I didn't think it of you, really. Why, what have I said wrong? said the ass, speaking in rather a humble voice, for he saw that Shift was very deeply offended. All I meant was wanting me to go into the water, said the ape, as if you didn't know perfectly well what weak chests apes always have and how easily they catch cold. Very well. I will go in. I'm feeling cold enough already in this cruel wind, but I'll go in. I shall probably die. Then you'll be sorry. And Shift's voice sounded as if he was just going to burst into tears. Oh, please don't, please don't, please don't, said Puzzle, half braying and half talking. I never meant anything of the sort, Shift. Really, I didn't. You know how stupid I am and how I can't think of more than one thing at a time. I'd forgotten about your weak chest. Of course, I'll go in. You mustn't think of doing it yourself. Promise me you won't shift. So Shift promised. And Puzzle went, cloppity-clop, on his four hooves round the rocky edge of the pool to find a place where he could get in. Quite apart from the cold, it was no joke getting into that quivering and foaming water, and Puzzle had to stand and shiver for a whole minute before he made up his mind to do it. But then Shift called out from behind him and said, "'Perhaps I'd better do it after all, Puzzle.' And when Puzzle heard that, he said, No, no, you promised. I'm in now. And in he went. A great mass of foam got him in the face and filled his mouth with water and blinded him. Then he went under altogether for a few seconds, and when he came up again, he was in quite another part of the pool. Then the swirl caught him and carried him round and round and faster and faster till it took him right under the waterfall itself and the force of the water plunged him down, deep down, so that he thought he would never be able to hold his breath till he came up again. And when he had come up and when at last he got somewhere near the thing he was trying to catch, it sailed away from him till it too got under the fall and was forced down to the bottom. When it came up again, it was further from him than ever. But at last, when he was almost tired to death and bruised all over and numb with cold, he succeeded in gripping the thing with his teeth. And out he came, carrying it in front of him and getting his front hooves tangled up in it, for it was as big as a large hearth rug, and it was very heavy and cold and slimy. He flung it down in front of Shift and stood dripping and shivering and trying to get his breath back. But the ape never looked at him or asked him how he felt. The ape was too busy going round and round the thing and spreading it out and patting it and smelling it. Then a wicked gleam came into his eye and he said, It's a lion's skin. E oh, oh, is it? gasped Puzzle. Now, I wonder, I wonder. I wonder, said Shift to himself, for he was thinking very hard. 
I wonder who killed the poor lion, said Puzzle presently. It ought to be buried. We must have a funeral. Oh, it wasn't a talking lion, said Shift. You needn't bother about that. There are no talking beasts up beyond the falls, up in the western wild. This skin must have belonged to a dumb wild lion. This, by the way, was true. A hunter, a man, had killed and skinned this lion somewhere up in the western wild several months before. But that doesn't come into this story. All the same shift, said Puzzle. Even if the skin only belonged to a dumb wild lion, aren't we to give it a decent burial? I mean, aren't all lions rather, well, rather solemn? Because of you-know-who, don't you see?'